When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049, AM 1260, and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, oh, oh. Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Oh, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You had better wake them up. Get them up, get them going. Monday on B&E. What a weekend it was. Plenty of good, plenty of bad, and as usual, even some ugly over the weekend. Weather was odd, warm and then cold, and rain in the forecast this week as we get you into the final week of April 20 and 23, and a ton to talk about. Jam-packed four hours of fun conversation begins right now. Appreciate you finding us, however you do. Maybe it's on 104.9 on the FM dial. Could be 1019 FM, AM 1260. And, of course, always digitally available to you on your Horn app. If you download it to your smartphone, it's absolutely free, and it's so easy to use. Just download it and take us wherever you go on that Horn app. Also, always listening on your smart speaker at home or work, and always available to you on our website, uh, live, local, and digital right there. Also on our Twitch channel, you can watch the show if you so choose. Right there, live and local, Mr. Godbolt at hornfm.com. Good morning. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Hood, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for the fantastic job that you do. It is appreciated. Thank you so very much. And I hope it's warmer than it was yesterday because for some cold. reason I was cold. I, was it wasn't like, like it was chilly. I was cold yesterday with that not wind. Much cold, not much warmer today. Maybe mid-60s, wow. but the clouds will persist. And uh, not much rain today, but rain coming tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday, it looks like. Should clear out for the weekend. Be beautiful into the weekend, it looks like. But uh, mm. uh, dealing with some wet stuff here in the last month or last week of the month. And it's a busy month. There's a lot to do. We'll recap the weekend as we do. Uh, each and every Monday with the good, the bad, and the ugly, including uh, plenty of all three of those things from the 40 acres this weekend. Longhorn baseball, not so good. It was just downright ugly for the Horns. Longhorn softball, tennis, and some others. Uh, and a great day for Texas basketball yesterday. Rodney Terry getting a couple of big announcements. We'll get you details on that coming up. Also, Buck, over the weekend we had spring games. You know, the Longhorns, we came here last Monday talking about the Longhorn orange-white scrimmage and recapping it. Well, they yep. had, they had uh, spring games in Norman, Oklahoma on Saturday for the Oklahoma Sooners. They had uh, one up in Waco for the Baylor Bears, also out in Lubbock with Texas Tech. So we'll check in with our uh, folks on the ground there, get the eyewitness of what went on in Lubbock with Joey McGuire's team, also in Norman and in Waco, because uh, you know Longhorns are feeling pretty good about where where they are. We'll find out uh, you know where the the other squads in and around the Big Twelve are or how they're feeling coming out of their spring and spring games. Yeah, I have to see weekend. some of the some of the. Uh, Colorado was it snowing? Alabama. 
It was snowing. Snow on the ground in Colorado and Boulder. What a spring. Saw Dion with his uh with cowboy, his cowboy hat, on. hat on, which was cool. And uh, you know, Alabama had their spring game, so we can dive into that a little bit. But we have uh, eyewitness guests to join us this morning on the uh the tech game, the Oklahoma game and the Baylor game, we'll dive into Alabama. Let's uh, see where everybody is coming out of the spring now as it'll wrap up around the Big 12 and around the country. Uh, how was your weekend, my friend, outside good. of watching Colorado play some football? Yeah, it was good. I mean, there's lots to do. I got a lot of prep work to do and trying to do some other things before I think what the, the heat wave that will be here, because it will be here. It's, it's just coming. not here. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're <clears> feeling, cold, if you're feeling man, a little yesterday. chilled yesterday, make yes. sure you enjoy that because it's going to yeah, be I know. sizzling. I'm assuming for the mullet open in about uh, 12 days, it's going to be on fire. Always uh, is. The 22nd, uh, the 22nd plane. But we have a lot to do. I had a good weekend. Went to uh, Dallas and back for a wedding. And I'll just have to confirm it was a, fair to say, it was a top 1% wedding. Buck. This one, as far as, it's a pretty affluent wedding. Very ritzy. Ritzy. Nice. Downtown Dallas, Highland Park wedding. Oh, yeah, man. This was, this was big time. Uh, and it was fun. It was a friend of my wife's that she grew up with their daughter got married and it was a, it was a good time uh, but i will say it was so cool because uh she who got married is a ut graduate and both parents went to texas and then the the, the new husband is a texas a&m graduate an aggie so it was an aggie longhorn wedding and they played the uh, the aggie war hymn for all the all the, the those in attendance who all 12 who do the whoop thing and then uh, did they do the whoop whoop they did the whole thing and then really? they did the texas fight song and because I know the dad, I know the father of the bride, and can't even let it go at a wedding. So huh? when, yeah, well, well, when the uh, when the Aggie War hymn began, I looked at him. I said, "Really? I'm like, really? You're you're paying for this whole wedding, right? I mean, this is all on you. What are we doing here?" And he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, I like the kid, and we we'll let them go first. Because then they fired up Texas fight. It was just a cool reminder that you know, starting next year, those two are going to play again on the football field and in fields of play and be in the same conference and. It's so cool, and I was thinking because you know the the bride is in, in her mid twenties and the groom same age. It's like you know they, they don't even really remember when those two played football every year, and they're still. That's true. You're pretty, right. It's pretty cool, but that's coming back next year. That was a an in your face reminder that it's coming back the the rivalry of Texas and Texas A and M, which is a good thing. So that was part of a good weekend. Ty, how was your weekend, my friend? Uh, I hear you were gambling on NASCAR again. Yeah, no, I had a I had a great weekend. Pick, picked picked a winner in NASCAR, like you That's said. Two weekends in a row. Yeah, which NASCAR baby doesn't happen doesn't happen often. So I'm I'm feeling lucky. Um, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable going into this weekend this week. There you go, feeling good, feeling good. You got a little cushion. I like it. That's a cushion when you're in the professional gambling realm, like yourself. Uh, all right, let's get to some headlines, trending topics. There were a couple and or a lot, and but a couple of breaking pieces of news from the Longhorn basketball program yesterday. UBO Business Services. Yeah, we'll start with the Longhorn Hoops. And quite a Sunday for Rodney Terry in the program. A pair of major announcements came down late yesterday and into the evening. First came official word that Dylan DeSue, one of the key pieces to the Longhorns' Big 12 Tournament Championship and then the NCAA Tournament run, is returning to Texas for a final season. 6-9 forward. Averaged nearly 15 points a game in the final 12 games of the season into that uh, tournament run. He'll be back for one final year. Also last night, Longhorns earned the commitment of Virginia big man transfer Caden Shedrick. 6'11", power forward, one of the few impact post players and bigs in the portal. He visited Duke and Missouri along with Texas, said he's looking to showcase more of his offensive game with the Longhorns. He will have two years of eligibility remaining. So two frontline players for the Longhorns coming in. Also from the 40 Acres over the weekend, beyond a tough weekend for Texas baseball, 14th-ranked Horns got swept at home by Oklahoma, the rivals, three straight games. Horns dropped a tough one Friday night, 2-1. to one. Lucas Gordon pitched great, but a, a bases-loaded walk in the late in the stages of the game was the difference. 
Then their pitching fell apart over the weekend. They lost both ends of a doubleheader on Saturday. OU posted 9-6 and 6-4 wins. Texas falls to 27-15 and 15 on the year, 8-7 and seven in the Big 12 for a very disappointed head coach, David Pierce. Not a good day for the Longhorns, you know. You get humiliated at home and uh, playing OU and playing OU. You know, when you when you kind of look at the big picture, you can't give things away. And at the end of the day, we gave everything away. And we could have won two and we lost two. Certainly did. A lot of walks, hit batters, and wild pitches uh, highlighted that pitching performance for the Horns over the weekend. It was a great weekend for Texas softball, women's tennis as well. Seventh-ranked softball team finished off a dramatic three-game sweep of third-ranked Oklahoma State at McCombs Field on Saturday. How about the series for the freshman Reese Atwood? She provided the game-winning hit in Friday night's win over the Cowgirls, and then a three-run walk-off homer in the seventh inning and a 3-2 win on Saturday. Longhorns then took the series finale 5-2 to finish off the sweep. Light the tower as well. Texas women's tennis, they claimed the Big 12 title for the fourth time in five years. NBA, quadruple header of playoff action yesterday. Saw the Knicks grab a three-games-to-one lead over Cleveland in that first-round series, 102-93. Golden State held on for a thrilling 126-125 win over Sacramento uh, in, in San Francisco. That series now even at two apiece, headed back to Sacktown. Boston whipped Atlanta 3-1 to to take a 3-1 lead, and Minnesota avoided elimination. They took down Denver in overtime last night, 114-109. Major League Baseball, how about the Houston Astros? May have jump-started their early season. They went into Atlanta and swept the Braves. They get it 5-2, uh, to two, the win yesterday. Jordan uh, Alvarez with big hits in nearly every game that weekend. Astros take three straight. Rangers took the rubber game of a three-game set in Oakland by the same score, 5-2. to two. Round Rock won in Sacramento again, 3-1. to one. And in soccer, early season blues continue for Austin FC Saturday night. They lost to the previously winless LA Galaxy in LA, 2-0. Verde, one of the top goal-scoring teams in the MLS last season. That has not been the case so far this year. Austin hasn't scored a goal since a match with Colorado in late March. They fall to 11th place in the Western Conference. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, Buck, a little bit of good, a little yeah. bit of bad, and baseball, a lot of bit of ugly. Baseball team just struggling. They've been on that thin line, he just with these walks and hit batters. Yeah, and has I mean, got they, away, were... they got away with the week weekend before at Baylor, but you Boom. can't keep pitching like that, and it's just not going to work. Well, it was it was brutal on uh, on Saturday. I mean, the the Friday night game was brutal enough because the Longhorns had every opportunity to win that game. Lucas Gordon did his thing. He's the best pitcher in the Big Twelve and the most consistent pitcher the Longhorns have by a mile. Uh, he pitched great and uh, gave Texas every opportunity. And they had opportunities. I mean, they had uh, gosh, they had a leadoff triple at one point in the game in a one-one game that that they didn't get across the plate. And then it was a uh, bases loaded walk that dreaded bases on balls, which has become the nemesis of this Longhorn pitching staff, the bases loaded walk in the eighth inning that uh, pushed the winning run across for Skip Johnson's Sooners. And it's fair to say Skip Johnson's team, we talked about it last week, came in in last place at 4-8, and eight, um, but they were a desperate team. They understood that their season was slipping away, and they came in here and outplayed the Longhorns. But, uh, but as you said, Buck, they didn't – the Longhorns gave it to them. You get to, yeah, you those, get, I mean, it's just back-to-back weekends, really. You get to the Saturday games, and uh, Travis Staley's on the mound in the second inning and proceeds to walk the bases loaded uh, and then give up a run. And then they go to Zane Morehouse, and he comes in and wild pitch and hits a guy. Heck, the, I mean, the, the, the Sooners had an inning without getting a hit. I mean, it, you know, one hit, and all of a sudden it's a crooked number. Craziness. I mean, they, they fall behind 8 to nothing in that game because the pitching's just giving away free passes and wild pitch and hit batters. And then uh, it settled down. Longhorns came back and nearly made it at least interesting. It was a 9-7 to final, but they uh, finally found some, some, some outs. In the second game, they came in and they put the, uh, the youngster, Kobe Minchie, the freshman on the mound. 
he had only started two games, and they were the, the midweek games, and he was in there in a tough spot, and he also had control problems, and uh, Oklahoma jumped out. It's We know this about Oklahoma and Skip Johnson, right? He's an Augie Garrido-type coach, right? He coached with Augie for so long. It's it's small ball. It's speed game. They want to run. They want to bunt. They want to put you put pressure on you. And they want to let you walk the bases if sure. you want. And if you don't want to throw strikes, right. they're going to wait and, and let you self-destruct, in which give them credit. And they take three straight, and that, that hadn't happened. Sooners hadn't swept the Longhorns in a three-game series since 1998. Now, this show had just started when that happened last. And, yeah, I mean, you fall from first place alone into the middle of the pack in the Big 12, but they tied for fourth at 8-7. and seven. West Virginia. On a single weekend. Yeah. West, well, that's, where the big, that's the one thing I would say. And I was talking to Ty Harrington a little bit yesterday, just uh, driving around and talking it through. And he's like, man, this is kind of big college baseball right now. What has happened with the, the Major League Draft being down to 20 rounds and through COVID, a lot of the there are more bats in college baseball than there are good arms in college baseball right now uh, by a lot. And so the, 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 the you have these disciplined older hitters facing these young pitchers. And, I mean, and that, it's not just isolated to Texas. It's it's across the country. The Big 12 is just a jumbled mess right now. No one is, is, is taking control of it. Everybody's kind of in it. And I think that's part of it in, in a bigger macro conversation you got older veteran hitters versus, you know, younger younger arms, and the young arms are struggling with confidence, and the Longhorns are certainly seeing that. Lucas Gordon shows you how to do it every time he goes to the mound. Yeah, I mean, but there's no excuse for for that dealing that that doubleheader. That was no. that's just too many guys getting on getting free passes. I mean, six. I mean, I think there were, uh, gosh, what did I count? Fourteen or sixteen walks over the weekend. And if you take that back to the following weekend, yeah. it's, you're in, getting close to the twenties, right? And again, Lo- Lucas Gordon on Friday is giving you everything he's got, and he's showing you how to pitch. He pitches to both sides of the plate, uh, controls the game, and uh, you just couldn't get any runs for him on Friday night and give give Oklahoma credit. Once you lost the Lucas Gordon start, you're kind of like, oh, geez, uh, now what? And you just don't know because you know, Travis Staley has been really good at times, and then he'll fall apart, and Zane Morehouse has been kind of the same. Yeah, I thought they'd find a way to punch one out in the second game of the doubleheader. Well, their, their starting pitching just really never gave them. They were They're battling from behind the whole weekend. Um, just you know, eight nothing hole, then a five nothing hole, and you're just like, oh, geez, uh, that's that's not good. So, but good thing is it's only April. You've got time to rectify it. It could be getting Tanner Witt back this weekend at uh, TCU. Could that be a jolt for the Horns? We'll hear from David Pierce this week and Longhorns West Texas Southern tomorrow night at Dishfalk Field. The good news for the Longhorns over the weekend: Texas softball was tremendous. They swept the third ranked team in the country in their own building this weekend. Uh, Texas Tennis won it. And how about Rodney Terry? We've been waiting on some of these announcements to to kind of get a feel and a sense for what the Longhorn roster in basketball is going to look like in 2023-24. And we got a big, I mean, highlight the words big, uh, big big piece of evidence this weekend with the return of Dylan DeSue, which was kind of assumed that it was going to happen. But you get finally formal word that Dylan DeSue, the 6'9 forward from Pflugerville, will be back for another season to uh, try to pick up where he left off this year. And we you know the, the the Dylan DeSue name will always be what could have been had he not gotten hurt uh, in that weekend into the Sweet 16 and, and been there for the Longhorns in that Elite Eight game against the Miami Hurricanes. He wasn't. He'll return. And then Caden Shedrick, Buck, is a big man from Virginia. Yeah, that's uh, nice to have if he really can remain here for two years. I yeah. mean, hell, get him out in one. Make him have, have, have a great year. Yeah, 6'11". He played at Virginia in that Tony Bennett slow-it-down system. Yeah, he never really got to show his offense that much with But he's a guys. very athletic big, and he can, he can face the basket and shoot it. 
Uh, but, you know, here's one thing you like. If you're coming from the Tony Bennett program, you're going to be really physical and good on defense. Yes. But he wants to showcase more of an open offensive game, which is what Rodney Terry would like. But Rodney also would like, you know, you know, not many many teams can match up with a 6'11 and a 6'9 guy down low. You also add the uh, freshman from Duncanville, Ron Holland, yep. who is a McDonald's All-American, and people that everybody I've talked to says this guy is a walk-in guy who's ready to play. I mean, he's 6'9, really skilled player. Um, well, they got some big guys now. That's so that, that's a that's a pretty big front line. Certainly is. Now you got if you can get that Oral Roberts guard. Yeah, that's the next one. Uh, there the the so and I think the program assumes Tyrese Hunter is going to be back. We keep hearing that, and I've talked to so many people about Tyrese Hunter that he's put his name into the portal. But this is I don't want to say a formality, but it's a ninety nine percent situation that he's going to return because the NBA is going to tell him. You know, go back, work on this, work on that, much like Marcus Carr did the previous year. So did Dylan DeSue. They put their names in the in the draft the year before and got the information. And it's just you know the, the smart thing to do for a player to learn where you stand with the NBA. Uh, but Tyrese Hunter is likely to return, so he he anchors your backcourt. I mean, it's, it's exciting to have a rim protector. It really, really is. Sure. I mean, it's been a long time. They've had the guys that are six eight that could jump out of the gym, but yeah, a true guy in the middle that if you come down there. You better get ready, you know, to pass it because he's going to block your shot. This this will be fun to watch. It will, and you know, so if Tyrese Hunter's in your backcourt, sure. Then you uh, you you mentioned the I mean the, the biggest now piece of information is going to be the the kid from Oral Roberts, and he's not a kid; he's a senior who's been the back to back Summit League Player of the Year. Uh, Max Amos Amos, it's A B M A S is how his name Amos. is spelled, but it's A Y. Mm-hmm. It's Amos. Is how you pronounce his name. He's from Dallas Jesuit. He's a six foot guard, but he's a scoring machine, Buck. He's been the the you know that conference's player of the year back to back years. He's a combo guard, but he can really shoot it. Uh, averages almost forty percent from the three point line. Uh, there was a season there at Oral Roberts, Buck, where he averaged almost twenty five points a game. Last year he was twenty points and about four assists per ball game. He's a really good athlete. He can get up and down and get off the ground too. And at, at the wedding I attended this weekend, I I ran into a met a guy from who knew the Dallas Jesuit program there very well and said, oh, yeah, he's a really good player uh, even in high school. So he will he is, again, he's the one that the Longhorns feel really confident about uh, that he's going to be there. So that's your backcourt, you know, Amos and uh, and Tyrese Hunter with the with the, the front court we mentioned. Brock Cunningham will be back. Uh, you know that – and I also heard yesterday, Buck, that, that they're feeling like Dylan Mitchell uh, is a guy that, that may return, which, man, that would be Once another – Once he finds out from the NBA. Yeah, he put his name into the – into the uh, the hopper there in the NBA to get the information, and uh, there's 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 a quiet confidence that, that Dylan that'd could be return. awesome. So now you're talking about okay, that's what your roster starts to look like. Um, you know you're you're going to be without Arterio Morris. He's going to move on. You knew the guys that were leaving his graduate seniors and out of eligibility. Yeah, they couldn't stay forever. Although you'd like for him to have for sure. But yeah, man, this is you're starting to see Rodney Terry along with the help of Frank Haith, his new assistant along with the rest of that staff, start to build the roster in, in the image that they see where they want to take this thing. It's going to be an open offense like we saw this year, and but still bigs down low, athletic, play a lot of different styles of basketball, which is what Rodney wants to be able to do. So that was some good news. Well, yeah, in, in the years of the transfer portal, that's what you do. you got to, you know, you got to build your, 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 what, you, what you'd call your image on what you can get out of that portal. I mean, they, you got to be able to play all kinds of different ways of playing basketball now. Yeah. Offense and defense. For sure. And they've got them with a couple big guys, though. Well, and the kid from Oral Roberts is the one to watch yes. this week. 
he is also considering Kansas State. So if you he's you know, Kansas State with Jerome Tang, he just got through playing with a little guard, a little, a little guard. guard, yes. And I'm sure that's what they're selling is come in and replace Marquise Noel, yes, uh, and run the show. But by all accounts, he really enjoyed his trip to Austin and uh, really hit it off with Rodney Terry and the staff. So we'll wait on that decision. Uh, but if you if you add him again, this is a two time Summit League Most Valuable Player. He's been the top target for Rodney Terry and this staff since he entered the portal, uh, and, and the and the key guy to the to the, uh, the to the class, and uh, just a, he's a kid that walk kind of like, think about Jabari Rice uh, coming in from New Mexico State, right? Where well, that's not the biggest of programs, but you know he can play. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter where you come from if you can play hoop. I mean, if you can hoop, that's just the way it's been all over the country this year. It seems like anyway. Well, and, and Amos is one of those guys that uh, again twenty points a, baller, a game every yeah. year. 24 was his, was his season high, his his uh, sophomore year. He also shoots 81% from the foul line. He shoots 40% from three-point land. He can handle it. He and Tyrese Hunter would be a dynamic backcourt. Uh, with the front court we mentioned, Caden Shedrick, Dylan DeSue, Ron Holland coming in from Duncanville, and the returning players that you still have. Plus, you may not be done, right? You keep looking oh, yeah, that's right. through that portal. But these are the th- those are the key. The key we're getting, this Dylan DeSue back. Caden Shedrick and this kid from Oral Roberts, those are the, the big three. You get those, you got the formation of a really nice roster, and we'll certainly talk more about it. So that's part of the good of the weekend. There certainly was bad with Texas baseball, and then there was just ugly. Well, I guess you could put Longhorn baseball in the ugly category, yes. but how about Texas? How about Austin FC soccer, Buck? They can't I mean, score. They can't score. I mean, they flat out can't score. Where's, where's, and they're barely able to defend. Remember last year, Sebastian Druisi and uh, Driusi and all the goals and the excitement, and now they've gone. They haven't scored a goal since March 25th. It's now April the 24th. That group, I mean, they're getting sellouts and they're pounding the drums and having a good time. They can't score any goals. Well, they went out to LA to play the lesser and, team and in LA, which, who had yeah. been winless, and they got blanked two nil. It's obviously becoming a very predictable team. How to defend them, and uh, we've heard that from from our our Austin FC insiders. And uh, what a mess they are falling. It's eleventh place now in the West. They haven't scored a goal in a month. Yeah, just you know. As you ask the, you you get the question of now they have film on you. Now they know what your style is. Boy, they seem to know what the style is of Austin FC right now all over the league. And you know this is one of those things where you keep saying, okay, it's early in the season. It's early in the season. Well, it's now almost it's almost May now, and uh, you got to hit the accelerator at some point. And uh, Josh Wolf uh, needs to find some answers because man, last year was you know, Drewisi and, oh, and yeah. Reedy, they were they were such a fun team to watch. Right now they're having a hard time, and just don't seem like they're playing United. Uh, you know, soccer uh, right now. Uh, so that certainly was part of the ugly. The good, Ty, you're excited about your Rangers. They took two out of three from the dreadful Oakland A's. Probably shouldn't have lost that game on Friday night, but they did. Gave it up in the ninth inning, 5-4, to four, but they won the other two. By the way, the... Uh, Adolis Garcia. Yeah. Three home runs, 5-for-5 five five on First Saturday. time that's happened in that new ballpark. And uh, But how about the, the City Connect uniforms they wore on Friday night? I like the, I like the logo. I like the tops. The pants were just this dark navy. It just looked terrible. I don't understand the the what's the like the logo. What's that animal? The, that Greek animal that's supposed to be. The, <laughs> I don't the know. Logo. Uh, it's funny because my daughter and her sorority went to the game on Friday night as part of some uh, some outing that they did, and she they don't go to a lot of baseball games, so she's calling me going. What are these uniforms that they're wearing? These are yeah. horrible. Well, on the contrary, the powder blues that they wear, the throwbacks. Yes. I love those. Yeah, I do too. I like those. Those are sharp. Those are sharp. But the Rangers took care of business two out of three. And the Astros, this was pretty surprising. Astros have been kind of scuffling along, and they went into Atlanta. Atlanta had been a 14-5 and five team going into that series, and they swept three in a row. And Jordan Alvarez is just that dude. He had a, 
a big walk-off home run or a big go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. I mean, this guy has, I mean, the big hit, late leverage situations. There is nobody more clutch in baseball right now than Jordan Alvarez. He is carrying the Houston Astros offense in a big way. He and Kyle Tucker are, are carrying the team. They pitched pretty well in Atlanta this weekend, but Jordan was incredible. Had another big home run yesterday to tie the game 2-2. Astros went on to get three in the ninth on a big Bregman hit, and they took three from a very good ball club in their park this weekend. That made this jump start their season. Yep. Here early on because they know they're getting Michael Brant. Michael Brantley could be back in their lineup this week. He's actually going to a Triple A assignment down in, in then Sugarland. Uh, Jose Altuve is probably still a month away uh, for the Astros, but uh, uh, that was a fun weekend for them in is, Atlanta. Is Brantley still out from his injury from last year? Yeah, he re-injured himself. No, it's a different one that he suffered in, in getting ready in spring training. But uh, he's he's been swinging in the in the rookie ball league in Florida, and, and they don't have to rush him. They don't. They don't. That's just. You're right about it's that. It's like Altuve. Why? There's no reason to rush anybody back with that group. Right. And they're over 500 now. They've yeah. climbed back over. they uh, got enough. They have enough guys that can play. And, and they're also going to get Lance McCullers back uh, at some point here. That but group you, knows what the end game is for them. Yeah. But Jordan Alvarez, uh, the two-run single uh, to tie the game, the home run on Friday night. I mean, it's just this guy's unbelievable uh, what he does for the Astros right now. Um, you know, again, he's only batting two fifty three, but it's, it's when the hits come, mm-hmm. it's when he, and it's, it's all, it always seems to be seventh inning or later in a big moment to, to, to deliver when they need it most. He has just been as clutch. And that goes back to last year's postseason and the run to the world series and all the big hits and the big home runs. He is just that guy right now. Astros 12 and 10 Rangers in first place in the West. So the good, the bad and the ugly, that's how we'll roll it. We'll get the bad into- is Alabama needs a quarterback in a bad way. They well, are struggling to find one. We're going to talk a lot of spring college football coming up, including Alabama. Colorado, Colorado, like you said to Ty when you told me, they are. You're talking about, I know they may be making some electric moves with some players, but that is a small football team that even in that week conference, physically, they look like they're going to get pushed all over the place again. Like they did last year. They're not very big. They're not. It's not a big team. They're like little guys. Well, it's the first year, and you run off a lot of guys. You're bringing in your own wow. guys. There's going to be a big transition for Deion Sanders. Or there ever. Even though it's a, it's a big story, but at the same time, there's work to do in Boulder. Yeah, Alabama had their spring game. And coming up, our friend Chris Lovell. Uh, from, he covers everything Texas Tech Red Raiders. You know, everything runs through Lubbock, Buck. It does. Joy McGuire. Uh, we'll talk to Chris about what he saw uh, in, the, in the spring, you know, for the, for the six weeks of spring and the spring game for Texas Tech coming up. They're believed to be one of the favorites coming into the season. So we'll talk to Chris. We're also going to check in in Waco and in Norman, Oklahoma, coming off of Oklahoma's spring game, year two for Brett Venables, all that part of the, the, the busy Monday morning. Also, Buck NFL Draft is Thursday. Maybe starting to get some intel on why the Houston Texans are souring on C.J. Stroud and may not take a quarterback with the second pick in the draft. We'll dive into that as well. It's a busy Monday. As always, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly here on b Boy, busy Monday as they all seem to be. A lot going on. We'll get back to the NBA playoffs coming up. Four games yesterday, four on Saturday, and we'll get kind of a look of where these series are. Also, as I mentioned, the NFL draft we know is Thursday, round one. Maybe some clarity on, I don't know if it's clarity, but at least a reason why the Houston Texans may be not a huge fan of C.J. Stroud, or at least in love with him enough to take him with the second pick in the draft after Bryce Young goes to Carolina. We'll talk more about that coming up. Craig Way has a Craig Way report to recap the busy weekend on the 40. And we know it's college football season, Buck, because the college football chatter never ends. Spring football wrapping up. We know last Monday we talked a lot of Texas spring game. This Monday it's uh, the couple days after the spring game in Lubbock and in Waco and in Norman and in Tuscaloosa. We're going to check in on all those places this morning, including our next guest, Buck, with uh, 
a trip to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We talk Texas Tech sports. We love to talk to Chris Level. He is the publisher of At Red Raiders Sports. He's also got a podcast called Locked On Texas Tech Podcast. Uh, Learfield, he does the sidelines for the football games, and he's our good friend Chris Level. Chris, how are you? Gentlemen, how are we doing this morning? Fabulous, Chris. How about yourself? Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah, these these spring games slash uh, celebrations. Uh, I guess we're kind of starting to get on the other side of it, man. It's uh, next, ready for the next phase of the off season, and it means the season's getting closer. It does, and we did that last Monday. And it's just you know, it's a, it's a scrimmage, it's a practice, but you know, it's football. So you got to tailgate a little bit, get together with your buddies and 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 fans, and watch to see the game. And what what did you take away from Joey McGuire's um, you know second spring game in Lubbock and spring football? Uh, what can you take from it? We do good, bad, and ugly on Mondays, Chris. What what was really good and what's concerning and what, what isn't so good for the Red Raiders coming out of the spring? Um, I, you know, I, first of all, I think the good was, uh, you know, and this is every coach in the country's uh, m- main key when, when you're going in, in, into a scrimmage situation is just get out healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get somebody dinged up in one of these. And so that, that was achieved. Nobody – Nobody got hurt or anything like that. Now, uh, to be fair, Texas Tech had about 20 guys that were starter-type guys or even second-team guys, I mean, you know, upper tier of their roster that, that just didn't participate. Some didn't participate the, the entire spring uh, just because of rehab um, from surgeries in the offseason, things like that. So it, it allowed a lot of the young guys, I think, to, to, you know, see a lot of reps. You had 11 early enrollees. Um, I think I think the, the the bad if you want to play this card, the bad thing is, and I always say this, man. People are going to make these big picture opinions and impressions and takeaways from the actual spring game when it, you just said it. It's one of fifteen practices. Well, you throw three interceptions, uh, two by Tyler Shuck, one was a tipped pass, uh, and then and then there was one thrown by Baron Morton in a in a red zone situation. And so if you're, if you're looking for reasons to kind of panic or go, oh, man, this wasn't good at all, that, that, that would be something you would point to. But the flip side is your, your defense was opportunistic and uh, created some takeaways too. So, but you're not, you know, you're not able to check into certain things. You're not running certain parts of your offense because you're trying to be very vanilla. Everybody's not wanting to show anybody anything, things like that. But uh, um, I, do think, uh, I do think that the Red Raiders are going to be able to replace Tyree Wilson on the edge better than maybe I thought, which is a, a pleasant surprise. And I heard you guys talking about the draft, and he's going to have a big week, and he mm-hmm. is not an easy guy to replace at all. Yeah, I, I when I when I that's more than anything I want to ask you about how you felt about the line of scrimmages on both sides, the offense and defensive line. So you kind of answered that for part of the defensive line. How about the offensive line? How how do how do they look to you? I know it's as it's early, but those are those are two things that you can tell about about teams and, you know, where the team is headed when it comes to offense and defensive lines. That, they'll get a little bit better during the, during the summer, but generally a lot of those guys are either gone or they have enough, you know, continuity together to look okay. How do they look to you? You know, I, I think Joey will tell you that's the biggest difference, positive difference between last year's team and this year's team, mm-hmm. or will be this year's team, is the offensive line. I, I don't think they were great last year. I think they were serviceable. Um, you know, you had three different quarterbacks and you had some injuries up front on the offense and it just, you just kind of made it work, but, uh, they, they've got two, um, 
you know, players from Western Kentucky that have come in here. One's going to start at center. The other one's going to start at left guard. And that's where obviously Zach Kitley and Stephen Hammond, the O-line coach, uh, who used to play here under Mike Leach, came from uh, prior to joining Texas Tech. And I think they feel like that. The interior, zero questions about that. You're going to have three basically super seniors starting at either center and both guard spots. I think the tackles are kind of where your your questions are. Um, and they flipped them uh, coming into the season. You know, last year, Caleb Rogers was at left tackle. They've moved him to right. Mon- Monroe Mills was at right. They've moved him to left. They feel like that has helped. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a tempo outfit most of the time. And so I, but I, I think they feel really good about those five. But the strength is clearly the three interior guys. But again, Coach McGuire would say that's the biggest difference. And I, I, I take him at his word. Texas Tech uh, in our focus coming off their spring and spring game this past weekend. Went eight and five last year, won the Texas Bowl, beat Ole Miss, enjoy McGuire's first year. Uh, just safe to say, big picture, macro conversation, Chris. Uh, Tyler Shuck is back at quarterback with Zach Kitley calling the offense. Uh, Tim DeRuder's back running the defense. And Joey McGuire, who had such a huge impact in year one. I mean, this is what's leading to optimism in Lubbock. Is that fair to say that there's a, there's a new ceiling that maybe the fans feel like they can get to? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's been a while around here, you know, to be honest. I mean, it's been a, a decade of just kind of – you've had a few decent seasons. Uh, you know, Cliff went to a bowl game uh, or two, and, you know, Matt Wells went to – he, he kind of took it – you know, kind of got this thing semi-turned around, but just never been able to sustain any, you know, consistency or anything. But I think when you when you finish out, uh, you know, the season last year with a four-game winning streak and you win your bowl game the way that you do – and, again, you're doing it with – you know, all these quarterbacks issues, but you just keep finding ways. Um, I, I think that's why there's some momentum here and you bring the bulk of your team back 10 starters back on, on offense. And I think seven, maybe even eight on defense. And so the bulk of this group is back. And I, you know, Joey kept his entire coaching staff in place with the exception of uh, Emmett Jones, who left for Oklahoma, but then he, he plucked uh, juice Johnson from, from Baylor to replace him at, at wide receivers coach. So, that's why people are excited. And, you know, Shuck is, I think, going to be the quarterback here. And I think for good reason, uh, with the exception of just the two hiccups on Saturday, I think he's looked really good uh, in, in spring ball all throughout. And I, I think that, you know, you got a 23-year-old under center. I just think, that, again, there's a lot of reasons why you're, you're, you're looking to – this team is old, you know. I yeah. mean, there, there's a lot of age and experience on this football team, and I think that translates. And Joey McGuire, uh, I mean, he's got a lot of confidence to him, and oh, that, yeah. that that program is bought in. That's the overview we're looking for, Chris. We appreciate it. Uh, Longhorns feeling pretty good about themselves. Is it fair to say, when you look at it, Texas, Texas Tech, and maybe Kansas State right now as the the favorites in the Big Twelve? A lot of time between now and football season, but I feel like those are the the, the three top dogs. And put Oklahoma if they can resurface with Brett Venables. How do you how do you hierarchy the Big Twelve right now? I think it's. I think you're making a great point. I, I don't know if I would have Texas Tech as any kind of favorite in any scenario. I, I do think they are absolutely in the mix. Some people may roll their eyes at that. Other people may go, "Man, they are, you know, a semi favorite." You know, but I, I think they're in the mix for that conversation. I think Kansas State. They're having to replace a few key pieces too. I mean, Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, they, they, they had an edge rusher last year, but there, there's some key pieces sure. they're going to have to replace. But Chris Kleiman's done a phenomenal job. And, and obviously with Texas, with, with what they've brought in at receiver, and you know I think they're going to be better up front. And if Quinn Ewers can kind of settle in and everything, I, mean, I, th- I think they're going to be an absolute handful. I, I, I do think 
You'll hear from TCU a bit. I think some of that falls on Chandler Morris's shoulders. I think they've got some momentum there. We'll see. They replaced a ton, as we know, as we all know. And and I think Oklahoma it, with Dylan Gabriel. I mean, he was maybe the best quarterback in the Big Twelve last year statistically. And you know, he, if he can stay healthy, I, I think they'll be heard from as well. But it's going to be so weird because not everybody plays everybody for the first time. <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of different that way. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it's going to be kind of hard to figure out who's who's good and who's not at the top end when we start when we get going, just because you, you're going to have to compare some matchups that actually don't even happen. Yeah, yeah I, I like Chris the fact that, and you know, yeah, you know the whole the whole thing about Joey McGuire and the excitement in Lubbock right now. I like that. I like that for the conference, even when as Texas even leaves the conference. I just like that for the conference. I think they'll be the the ones you're going to have to start beating. They'll be a big part of what the Big Twelve is all about. But I, I, I agree with you on one thing. Oklahoma, if, if that group is not going to be down for very long, and they're last year, too, in the Big 12, I think you'll see a different Oklahoma team this year. I think they'll be, I think they'll be pushing to be at the top also. Yeah, and, and I, think, uh, I think that was a, kind of a, a wake-up call for sure. a lot of folks in Norman last year you know, to go 6-7 and seven on the season. You know, and that, that's, that's what was fun about, you know, covering the, the Red Raiders at the tail end is that you beat Oklahoma mm-hmm. uh, in, in the end of the regular season. You, you beat them 51-48. to 48. And the week before, you won a game 14-10 to 10 in Ames, Iowa. And so I, it was kind of fascinating to me from Joey's standpoint. His team can win however you want to. And I think that's a sign of a good team. You, you, you want to roll up your sleeves and just get in, get in a, a possession game and field position and all that, and you won. But then Oklahoma, I mean, they were a handful uh, offensively at the tail end with Eric Gray in the, uh, in the backfield and, and obviously Dylan Gabriel just running all over the place. And you had to you know, get into a gunslinger's uh, yeah. type, type outfit, you know, like when Pat, Patrick Mahomes was here. But um, I, I do think, I mean, Joe, Joey's clearly uh, answered the bell here. I mean, this has been fun to watch. He, he's such a positive guy. And in the day and age where so many coaches – they want to, you know, I guess not build up expectations. They mm-hmm. want to kind of because I was around Mike Leach for so long, and he'd always, he'd always be, you know, just we're not very good yet. We got so much <laughs> to work on. I mean, we're 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 just, you know, I don't want me and my kids reading these press clippings about themselves. You know, we're just, you know, whatever. And Joey's the the opposite. He'll tell you, I think we're going to be really good. I think this year's team can beat last year's team. I think. I think these guys can replace the guys that left here. I mean, he just kind of speaks things into existence. It's kind of refreshing. Agreed. Chris Level, good stuff. Yeah, Red Raiders beat Texas and Oklahoma last year and won a bowl game and won eight games. So there's confidence there, and they can build on it. Very old team as well. Good overview, Chris. We appreciate it coming off the spring game in the spring in Lubbock. Great stuff. We'll check in again soon. Thank you, Chris. Hey, th- hey, absolutely. You guys have a good rest of the week. Keep hope alive, everybody. Appreciate keep, it. Keep hope alive. That is absolutely right. By the way, speaking of that Norman team, next hour at 730, we're going to check in, in in the Big 12 all throughout the morning. Our buddy Tyler McComas will jump in at 730 next hour. How did Oklahoma look in the spring in the spring game? Year two for Brett, for Brett Venables. As we said, Joey McGuire had a great first year when 8-5 and five beat Texas and Oklahoma. Brett Venables did not have a great first no. year replacing Lincoln Riley. They went 6-7 and seven and the defense collapsed, so we'll check in there as well. Plus, you're good, you're bad, and you're ugly from the Lawhorn weekend, the Austin and Sports weekend. We'll get to all of it. It's B&E with you first. Here's Craig. B&E. B&E, it is on a Monday. It's a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Coming up, we'll dive back into our coach's corner. We do it every morning about 7-10. 
Finally, some intel on C.J. Stroud that maybe makes it make sense that the Houston Texans are considering not taking the Ohio State quarterback with the second pick. We'll dive into that debate. It's been raging through the weekend. And as uh, Ty Henderson, our producer, texted me over the weekend, Will Levis is now the odds favorite to be the second pick in the draft by the Houston Texans on Thursday night. The Kentucky quarterback will try to explain that to you coming up. Also, uh, reset the headlines, including a uh, good day for Rodney Terry yesterday. Heard Craig Way talk about it in the, in the uh, Craig Way report. Uh, Dylan DeSue returning for another season, a final season at Texas, trying to pick up where he left off late last year in that Texas run to the Big 12 championship and the run through the tournament. Also a big man, Caden Shedrick, committing to the Longhorns. We'll get you the latest on that coming up. And the NBA weekend, Buck, how about... Uh, but the Golden State Warriors, that Golden State-Sacramento game was thrilling yesterday. Just a blast. Dude, that dude, Fox, is a badass. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox had another 35 points in the, that game. Wow. He's unstoppable. That young, that feels like it's a game going to game, series going to game seven. But it's a young group that throws the ball away in the they key do. times. They just play young. They're very young. They've been in the playoffs in a long time, but they are fun. And meanwhile, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson have won 94 playoff games together. That's the third most by a trio in NBA postseason history. And yeah, that looked like a veteran team that knew exactly what they were doing. Like trail, they've won a bunch of games. They trail. How about this? This is where I love to get to these historic moments, but uh, and to be any fact of the day. But Curry, Thompson, and Draymond. 94 playoffs win. That trails only Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili with the Spurs, who lead all time with 126. And then Kareem, Magic, and Michael Cooper with 110 with the Showtime yeah, Lakers. They're still pretty okay. Except for, come on now, Steph, you don't have a timeout. I know. Just came, you came out of a timeout. Somebody had to say something on the bench. We don't have any more timeouts. Steph Curry has scored 126 points already this postseason in four games. Among players 35 or older, only two have scored more. Michael Jordan. 1998, and Kareem, 1983. So, Steph, still getting it done, yes, but you don't have a timeout. No, you don't have a timeout. You know, it's funny, I keep, because we got the NFL draft on the brain, I keep seeing and reading this this comparison that Bryce Young reminds a lot of people in the NFL of Steph Curry. Like, a totally different sport, but Mm -hmm. Steph is kind of an undersized player who is kind of doubted coming in because he's not going to be able to handle the banging and the, uh, the physicality of the NBA. And here he is as one of the all-time greats. I mean, that's that's what NBA, you know, NFL teams are trying to find a comparison for C.J. Stroud. And there isn't one at the quarterback position, maybe Drew Brees, uh, big picture, but that Steph Curry, he's just got that it factor. He's got that magic to him that, um, you know, separates you know, the, the good from the great. Oh, I want the ball in his hands for sure, sure. at the end. And we'll, we'll get back into that quarterback debate coming up in our coach's corner because it is interesting. But a good NBA over the weekend. Lakers will play tonight. They're up 2-1 on the uh, the Grizz and that fun series. So, uh, good NBA playoffs. We've also got uh, good spring games. This is Steph Curry, Chris Webber. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it got a little too close for comfort for the Warriors because that, that would have been a killer loss for them. Oh, they were in control that of that was. game. And Sacramento nearly came back and stole it. If they get that game going back to Sacramento up 3-1, instead it's 2-2. But we know Golden State still has to win a game on on the road. Yeah, I don't know. To win this I, series. I, I kind of like Sacramento if, if – like you said, if they get if they get another game, I think look out. I mean, I think it's going to be a seven game series. Yeah, but if it is, then again, we've talked about Golden State. They've only got eleven It'll road back wins there, all year. It? Yeah, they've got a win in Sacramento. They've been a terrible road team. That's such a weird to be this talented and all these Hall of Famers. They've been bad on the road all year long, and they're going to have to win one if they're going to win this series because Sacramento owns the home court advantage. How about this little nugget in the BNE facts of the day, Buck? You know that. Uh, in Boston for your Celtics, I know you don't like the Celtics. Yeah. When Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown score thirty or more both in a game, they're twenty-two and one. Twenty-two and one. So when those two go off, 
I mean, they're unstoppable in Boston. They're, well, they jumped out to a quick lead. And they beat Atlanta last night to take a 3-1 lead in that series. It's all but over there uh, with the Boston Celtics. A formality, it feels like, at this point. But, um, uh, Ty, how was your gambling weekend on the hardwood? It was good. I had a, let's see. So if I, let me, let me tell you how many units I, I made I made this weekend. Oh, units. So, units, everybody. Unit, big unit plays. 24 units. 24. Good job. All right, what'd you take from Chris Level, Buck, talking Texas Tech? I mean, the thing that jumped out to me is just how old they are. They bring back 10 starters on offense, 7 or 8 on defense. They have to replace Tyree Wilson, who's going to be a top 5, maybe top 10 pick in this draft on Thursday. It'll be about their quarterback play and if their lines of scrimmage can hold up. Is Barron the starter? Barron Morton, Air Barron out there. But, of course, Tyler Shuck is who he says probably will be. Yeah, Shuck seems like he's going to be the guy. 23-year-old quarterback. That dude's often hurt. Yeah, well... That's going to be the question for them. But they did have quite a year in year one for Joey McGuire. There's just so much optimism. And then you bring back so much experience. Um, you know, you look How many your, receivers they have coming back? Because they always had those tall, long, tall guys. Well, if you're bringing back 10, offen- ten, ten yeah. starters on offense, that means you're, most of your offensive line is yeah. back. As he said, the interior of the offensive line is all 20 you know, super seniors. And all they've done is switch the tackles from side to side and see how they play out. Well, and like, Sounds good. I'm like, you know what? What we've seen with, with Jeff Trailer down at UTSA – it doesn't. If you if you if you're an, if you can coach, you can coach, right? If you can lead people, you can lead people. Whether it's high school or college, and Joey McGuire's got that that it factor as a leader of a program, instilling confidence in his players. And again, to have a season at Texas Tech where you beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same year and win your bowl game decisively over an SEC team, and you bring most everybody back, that's a pretty confident football group at Lubbock right now. Yeah, and I like the fact that Texas plays in the last game at home. Oh yeah, will have some. It will have some meaning to could, it. Could have a lot of meaning in yep. November, late November. It is with the Red Raiders. All right, uh, we will check in on Oklahoma next hour. Plus that coach's corner we mentioned. All your headlines, and of course on a Monday, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Every Monday here on BNE. How was your weekend? What was great? What was it? And with this downright stunk, that's what we do with you on a Monday, recapping it on 104.9, 1019, AM 1260, streaming always on your Horn app, on your smart speaker, and on hornfm.com.